<laughs> I think I got some heat here. That's tasty. What's next, dog? That was heat. The doctor is in. Okay, everybody, welcome to episode nine or ten, something in there. Wow. We're Did getting close. Many? We're getting close to ten. I know. Um, today we are doing things a little bit different. We got a little bit more of a debate style, and we brought in our friend Paige Menifee. Hey. <laughs> yep. So, uh, give it a listen. We gets pretty pretty intense. We talk about did God break your legs. Things like this. Derek has some hot takes about vaccines. Oh. <laughs> Yo, it's Mike. Uh, I'm excited for this episode. Uh, we know we kind of talked about th- at the beginning of, th- of this whole podcast creation that sometimes people will take sides just for the argument's sake to just have a full conversation. So today I'll be joining Paige mostly on her side. Um, don't totally know where I stand. I probably, I don't know. I could agree with a lot of what uh, Bruce and Derek were saying, so but I take her side a lot. But just wanted to, you know, in the intro, know that sometimes people will, for an argument's sake, will take a thought process. So that's what I do in this episode. This episode is brought to you by UKCSF's philanthropy team, specifically Gabe. All he asks for is a high five. Now back to The Doctor Is In. All right, guys. Today's question is, does God cause evil to happen or does he just allow it spicy why are you all looking at me i thought you were gonna qualify (laughs) yeah you always go first i did say that i okay so the first thing that we have to say when we start here is you know you all know i like to make distinctions we have to make a distinction between evil and bad things and then pain and suffering so we say on the one hand Definitely not. God does not cause evil. That's clear. Um, and it's also clear and that think, God allows evil because evil happens, right? And so it, it, we, we can say this up front. Anything that happens, God allows, period, right? Um, and that doesn't mean, though, that everything that happens, God causes. And evil is one of those things. In, in him is, is light, and um, there is no darkness in him. Like there is no evil that flows from God, no no pure wickedness. In fact, most of the Christian tradition has just defined evil as the absence of good. It's not anything thing in itself. It's kind of like the darkness. Darkness doesn't exist without light. It just is the absence of light, and that's what evil is. So God does not cause evil. Um, that much is clear. The that question, never, though, that never made you push sense him back. Why the what the what does that thing? even what does that even mean? <laughs> it just means that. Um, it's 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 necessarily a relational term. It, it it you only can talk about darkness or evil with its opposite, which is the absence of light or the absence of goodness. What if I just said that the other way around? Because that's false. God. So think about it like this: God exists eternally. Before there was ever evil, there was God who was just good and light, and there was no such. There was no evil. There was no. But you can't say the opposite because God is not the absence of evil well i mean he sorry god is the absence of evil but you just can't flip it around because god exists without evil okay (laughs) (laughs) we got a tan we got a tan a little bit but we we got to cover something because i I am excited about today's topic so i want to stay to it but we opened a can of worms here that you said god was around before there was evil 
So then at some point, evil had to enter the world, but it entered it before the fall because Satan fell. What? what? <laughs> like, how was Satan in the garden? Um, if there was evil, if there was, if there was a time where there was no evil, well, when did evil? There was a time enter? when there was no Satan and no, no, no angels, no. So is just that God. when? E- but there had to be evil before he fell because there had to be. Before who fell? Satan. No, but e- e- so e- e- evil is um, what's what's generally the the technical word I guess is privation of good. Is this is this is what does privation? It's just Saint Augustine. So yeah, it just basically means absence. So if, think about it like this. God creates everything good, and the only thing that we, the things that we call evil, are just whenever those things go wrong, right? So whenever good things malfunction, you might say. So there was no evil before the before the fall of Satan, but there was the chance for evil. There was the opportunity for someone to make an evil choice. I think if yes, God, if God gives beings free will which this you know some of the themes in this podcast we can just say are going to are going to intersect with what we talked about in the calvinism podcast but if god uh, genuinely offers the possibility of free will which i think is a good thing right it's a good thing god gives us it also includes with it the possibility that we will use it wrong and incorrectly and bring about evil and i even have heard like you know, if God, if there's one objective perfect, like one objective good, and it's God, then any free will creature he creates that's different from himself at all is bound to commit evil. This is kind of a tangent mm. thing, but would that be a fair thing to say? Like, in a way, if he created a creature that's different from himself, meaning it's different from an all good being, that means at some point it would have to commit some sort of evil. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why that would be the case. That you doesn't. That, doesn't, that doesn't follow. No, because you might just say that. Um, so first of all, you could have differences without there being degrees of of like, it, like just because something is different than one thing doesn't mean it's better or worse, right? So God could create something other than Himself that just isn't as good, or uh, it's clearly clearly exi- His creatures are not as good as He is. Did you Did you just say creatures? Did I? <laughs> Creatures? Yeah, like animals. Creatures. Creatures. Oh, shoot. No, that's not a word. Oh, actually, wait. Creatures. That's a really technical theological word that, you know, it's a, it's a transliteration right. of the Greek. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, um, if I said that, I apologize. <laughs> Creatures. I think I was thinking, maybe was maybe so I mashed dumb. up. Did I mash up? <laughs> did I mash up creation and creatures yeah. in my head? Yes, you did. That's definitely what I did. Um,. I don't it's even so remember what I was saying. It's so embarrassing. But so, animals are not created in the image of God, and they don't necessarily do evil. But well, I don't know. Maybe they do. Well, I mean, the the, <laughs> the I mean, the easiest example is think about most of the angels, the unfallen yeah. angels, yeah. are created beings with apparently some kind of free will if they can go wrong. That are presumably most or many of them have not chosen to rebel against God. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so now. To bring us back to where where we want to be today, does God cause, send, pain? So we we can agree that God does not cause or send evil. That is, He would no longer be God. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's 
more or less the way you could say it is it's impossible for God impossible. to do that. Yeah. But the question now is, does he cause or send pain slash suffering? So what do you, will you give us your stance on that? Yeah, I, I, I think that, um, I'll first of all say that I think generally when pain and suffering happen, it is because of, well, first of all, we can say pain and suffering are the result of the fall, right? So they're not part of God's good intention. Like, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know if I would say this absolutely. Like, let's say Adam and Eve, like if, if Adam stubbed his toe, did it hurt like before the fall? I don't know, maybe. Um, but like there is, uh, there is suffering, I think. Suffering, I, I think of as, I don't know if psychological is the right term, but there's something deeper about suffering than just mere pain, right? Like when I stub my toe, maybe there's a kind of suffering if it's really bad, but we, I think we kind of recognize there are some times where, I'm, where I hurt myself, but I'm not really suffering. But suffering is, uh, I think of as a consequence of sin and of the fall. So it's not part of God's creation. But the question is, on this side of the fall, might God cause pain and suffering to bring about some greater good. So I think if he does it, he only does it to bring about some greater good that he couldn't bring about otherwise. So it seems to me that there are some cases and it's not all the time. So I'm not so to be really really clear about what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that any example of pain and suffering is because God caused it. But I do think that we should be open to the possibility that God does sometimes cause pain and suffering to bring about a greater good in our lives. That's that's my position, I suppose. And I disagree. Paige disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us I, why. I'm just like, to open up the, to, to, like, it's a really thin line that we're walking between, so I'm, in any scenario of pain and suffering in my life, am I now, like, questioning did God send this or not and I think that's really what sends a lot of people off paths of faith is like that question a lot of times so I do think it's like obviously important to answer this but I just I'm like leaning so much more towards God allowing it to happen but not him causing it for all the reasons that you said about him not causing evil either I just and like literally just said that before the fall there would not have been pain and suffering. It wasn't a part of God's original plan. Yes, I completely agree that he uses all pain and suffering in our lives to turn it for good. I'm I'm completely in line with that stance, but I don't think that means that there was no other way. He's God. He can literally do anything. Why would he choose pain and suffering as the tool for the greater good? I think the the pain and suffering happens to us because of the fall, but not because of God. And he's too good not to redeem it. You, you got something to say? I mean, I've like in my mind, if I'm just thinking about God, like that makes sense to me. But when I open the Bible and I read like Exodus, the story of Exodus and like the plagues and stuff, for example, I'm like, that is a huge example of pain and suffering that is sent by God. Like, very clearly, like, he claims it, he says he's going to do it, he calls a shot, and it swishes it. You know what I mean? As far as the pain and suffering goes. And so I would just say, like, I don't, and I don't think that that's wrong. Like, I, like, I trust God's idea of good and evil and right and wrong so much more than my own that whenever the two disagree, I assume I have a wrong idea of what it means to be good or what it means to do the right thing. And so 
I think that pain and suffering, like I don't look at pain and suffering as evil. This is kind of what Derek was saying in the beginning, but like pain and suffering to me is like a good thing. And so I think God sending it is not like a bad thing that doesn't say anything sometimes, ill about his yeah. character, but I, yeah, sometimes obviously not all yeah. per se, but I think that he can use it in a good way. So I think if God's sending us pain and suffering, like that's not like that doesn't go against the character of God that I know at all or that I read about in the Bible. And I just would say like to anyone who thinks God can't send pain and suffering, I would just wonder how you would read certain passages in the Bible of like him killing the firstborn of every, you know, Egyptian family and say that that's not. But it's pre-Jesus. Name an example in the New Testament. Well, I would say, well, I guess I don't understand why Jesus, how Jesus changes that then. How Jesus changes things? Well, the character of God to me is unchanging. And so it's like, well, that is, if you, if you're taking this theology that the character of God is unchanging, you can't have that stance and the stance you just made because it was not in his design for him to use pain and suffering. So then he is now choosing to send pain and suffering and changing his character. Changing plans and changing character, I would say, are two different things. You know what I mean? I don't think that that's fair to, like, even changing your mind and changing character can be two different things. So then are you saying is it's in his character to cause pain and suffering? I'm saying when I read the Bible, he does it. So I think you, you can't say that it's not in. actions and character. No, I think you can change actions and keep the same character. I think if I was driving down the road and whether I choose to go right or left, I'm still the same person. But that's why Jesus changes it. God's actions pre-Jesus were pain and suffering were inflicted because of his justice, but now Jesus paid it. So you think before Jesus, pain and suffering were sent from God, and now post-Jesus, pain and suffering are not? Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would say, I I mean, definitely, I mean, I'm going to have to think on that for a second, but... Definitely pre-Jesus, pain and suffering are sent from God. I don't know how you can read the Old Testament and say that that's not the case. But I'm still stuck a little bit on your thing of uh, of him him choosing to now using pain and suffering that not changing his character. Because that, it just, like, if if God never intended evil to happen that wasn't in his design, that wasn't who he was, and now all of a sudden he's using it. Like, it's... Like I, um, I don't know. Explain well, okay, that a little. Maybe to help is this. Maybe this could be a fair um, analogy to support what Paige is saying. I take it that Paige would want to say something like, "Well, in the Old Testament, God also requires sacrifice in a way that He doesn't in the New Testament." And it's not that God's character changed; it's that the circumstances brought about by Jesus change now the relationship between God and man, such that that level of sacrifice is no longer required after Jesus. And so maybe um, to to play devil's advocate with, because Paige is the devil, I guess, I'm saying in this situation, <laughs> uh, is play devil's advocate that um, maybe it's the case that pain and su- God's sending pain and suffering works similarly that, um, that that was necessary for whatever, to bring about whatever purposes in the Old Testament, but is no longer necessary after Jesus, in a way analogous to sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I mean, do you, do you, what do you think, Paige? That sounds pretty good. Sounded good to me. So, but I'm still stuck on the, like, I know that his character doesn't change. And so, like, what's going through my mind right now is, like, 
he is still just today. He still sits in the judgment seat. And I think where I don't want us to land is God sending pain and suffering is a judgment. Yeah, that th- I do think, because we talked, I mean, Bruce brought up the plagues. That was something that came to my mind is that yeah. there probably also does need to be a distinction here between sending pain and suffering for the sake of punishment right. and for the sake of, say, formation yeah. or something to that effect. Because in the effect, Old Testament, right? though, like those were punishments in a way. Like yeah. God's people turned his back, turned their backs on him. So then he would like kill the king or like whatever. Yeah, there was definitely both, I would say. Yeah, sure. I mean, but it does now, happen in the New Testament after Jesus too. Because I think it's even been dangerous for me in my own faith to think of like, this bad thing is happening to me. God must be disappointed in me. Or like, which obviously is just bad theology, which is why I'm trying to work that out. Like, and it's landed me in the place that I am now of like, no, God does not cause these bad things to, and I think we also probably need to define what is a bad thing. Like, yeah. Cause like you said, like, like what is it? Suffering produces pa- perseverance, perseverance, yeah. patience, patience, hope. I didn't say that. Paul did. Did I say you? Yeah. I, think, first, I think I said it's the says. first one suffering. It says. I don't know. It's I don't know. Something pa- like that. It's like, I don't think the start is suffering. Really? Uh, we need to look it up. Bruce, Google it. I feel like it just There's, there is a verse that's like this, though, it, that, that suffering me, produces good things. I'm going to the And I agree. Like, I think we agree on that. Like, God turns these things for good. Um, well, so this is basically the point, though, right? Is that we all agree that God doesn't do bad things or God doesn't um, do evil things. The question is, is whether pain and suffering are always bad or evil. I'm saying, in some cases, no. In some cases, pain and suffering may be the only way to get a better result. So, I mean, obviously, the parental analogy is a good one for God. Whenever you, um, you know, I so I have a a one and a half year old son. We gave him vaccinations. He did not know what was going on, and he hated it, and it was painful. And like I'm, I, I in a way, in this way, I'm causing pain. Like, and, the, and it's not the only way, right? There are all sorts of discipl- ways of discipline that will cause pain and suffering for him, and I know will cause pain and suffering for him, but I still do them because they're good. And I think that's that's the analogy, is that God can use pain and suffering in that way too and, and send, quote-unquote, send pain and suffering for the sake of greater goods. And I can agree with you on there, but, like, this is, I was having a conversation earlier this week. Sometimes these kind of conversations are easy to stay pretty theological. And maybe you have to to get to an answer. But to also just, just bring in the like reality and the emotions of it. Like, I feel like you can say that, but then how do you like look at somebody in the face when they're, I don't, I'm coming with a crazy example, their brother just got shot. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, well, you know, you know, and you make that an out. I don't know. It just feels like, so like bring it into the reality. Cause I know something that we've said on this podcast and I've heard, I think CJ has said this, like, I'm not comfortable with any theology that makes God a, like a bad father or something. Or like we said in, in, um, what you, you know, you use this line of like, it's hard to feel that predestination is loving. You know, and so yeah. if God is love, then God is this. And so it, it, it gets 
I feel like a little bit more real of like, so if we're not comfortable with theology of God is loving, God has to be loving. And so how can you like look at somebody who their brother just got shot and be like, yeah, God sent that to you. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I don't know. It That's just feels a bad it, thing to say, for sure. It feels that a little goes along with what it feels a little insensitive, not, I mean, and the, like it, that uh, that no. makes sense. But then to go all the way that far, I don't know. Yeah, I'm so I'm not saying everything happens for a reason, and I'm not saying, like I said at the beginning, that I was trying to be really clear. I'm not saying that every example of pain and suffering is sent by God. In fact, I think most of them aren't. Like I don't think God since uh get i i mean again this i hesitate to say in every case because we yeah. don't know how god acts and what the layers of causation are even and this is what we're bringing we talked about this point earlier is that even in anything good um that happens like we would say oh well god is doing this like god is doing a like we, we talked about like what has what's happening at asbury university or what had happened a few weeks ago at asbury university and think well god is at work here but there are also a lot of people at work there, right? And we don't, we don't think of those things as being at odds. We think God is working and people are working. And so even that question of like, what does it mean for God to cause something? Um, I, you know, I, I just think of that as God is doing something that if he didn't do it, this thing wouldn't have happened. Like he's bringing about this, he's, he's helping to bring about this thing. And that's not to say he's the only or sole reason that this thing is happening. Sometimes there are layers of, of causation there are different explanations for the same effect, and that can be the case with um, with all sorts of, of events that happen in our lives. And so I say that just to say I really hesitate to I, I, I hesitate to pick out any specific example and say, well, God definitely did this or God definitely didn't do this. Like we, in, unless I have some like really good reason to think that, or there was some just kind of blatant miracle that happened. It's to me that's just kind of a um, yeah you're just barking up the wrong tree basically unless there's sin involved God doesn't sin sin I think that's that's very clear God isn't um, helping commit sin or anything like that yeah he doesn't tempt right and so um, there there may be some some cases where we could say that but for the most part like how is God involved in this I don't know but I think no matter what the answer is the same my answer is I know that God sometimes sends pain and suffering for the sake of other goods. And even when he doesn't, he works good out of pain and suffering and evil things. So when, whenever something that happens to me that's painful or, or it causes suffering in my life, my response should be the same. I look for God in it, and what is God trying to do in and through me because of this thing? And, and so our, our response to bad things, quote-unquote bad things, or pain and suffering— I think is the same no matter what, like however yeah. we kind of land on this question. I agree. And I think that's a good place for like people walking that are maybe listening to this conversation or having these conversations on their own to land in that place of like our response to any disagreement or whatever should turn us more towards worshiping God um, and not away from him. And that's why I'm like, okay to disagree. Like I still don't agree that God sends these well, things. someone has I, to be wrong, Paige. That's okay. Well, I think it's you. So <laughs> I just, well, but so it grows the, what, me does, closer does the, to God when, like, it turns me towards the Father to land where I land. 
And maybe it does the same for you. I don't know. I don't know your heart. Well, okay, but, fair enough. But we're getting dangerously close to like true for me is true for me, right? I don't, mm. I don't want to land in a place that's just like whatever makes your heart sing, that's where you should land because that can land you in bad places and wrong yeah, places. totally. Um, but I don't think my stance is biblically wrong. Well, I mean, I, that's a loaded. I don't know what you mean by biblically wrong. Biblically wrong. I think it's. I think it's wrong. That's I'm not the, saying that. Yeah, I think that's I the can, Christian buzzword to yeah, make yeah, your argument sound good. I, I can't. It. I can't produce a, a Bible verse to say here's why your stance is wrong. Um, I don't right. think either of us can do that. Or I don't think we, either of us can produce a Bible verse to say here's why my stance is right. Um, I think. Uh, I think it's just the intuition that you seem to agree with. Again, so think about the child example. The exa- here's a personal example because we talked about making it real. Um, in in my life, uh, so my wife and I, uh, and I did get permission from her to share the story. Uh, my wife and I started trying to have children several years ago and were unable to. And we didn't know why. No doctor ever told us that we um, that we couldn't. Like we did several tests. There was nothing that specifically came back. But uh there were some things that were like, hey, it may be unlikely or whatever. So anyway, it was a really difficult process. Like infertility is a really difficult and challenging process. And a lot of people go through it even when you don't, like you may not realize it, that, that they're going through it. Um, but a lot of people struggle with this. And and it's really hard because, you know, everyone around us, all of our friends and family are having children. And that's yeah. that's just challenging to watch. You, you're, you want to be excited for them. But anyway, just to kind of highlight some of the like suffering that's involved with that. But then we, through that kind of process, we discovered embryo adoption and pursued that. And we're super passionate about it now. Our son, Lewis, was adopted as an embryo. And now we're advocates for embryo adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are absolutely thrilled with the way everything has worked out. And we look back on our story and we, and we think it's hard to imagine another way. And it's hard to imagine that things would have turned out as well had it have worked out as we planned it. Right. And this happens all the time that this is, this is like my story, but we, we all probably have something like this, that we haven't, we have something in our, our minds. We have maybe a dream that we imagine this is how my life is going to look that doesn't work out. It causes pain and suffering, but then something better comes out of it. And of course it's possible that like God could have done all this stuff anyway, without us having to go through the pain of infertility, But it seems like, and there are a lot of things like this, it seems like the suffering was necessary to get us to where we're at right now. And it seemed, and I'm not saying God definitely sent this, but if he did, it wouldn't, it seems entirely within his character that he's brought about this, what to my mind, better result than what we had originally planned in our lives. Just a real, I think a really important clarifying thing. God did not create infertility. Yeah, sure. Infertility happened because of the fall. Correct. So that we can land on that. But then you are saying that you, it's not outside of God's character to well, to write yeah. your genes or whatever to experience that problem. God sent infertility. The fall created infertility. God sent infertility into your life. I'm not saying that's what happened. But you I'm would just be saying, comfortable I'm just saying with that theology. If, if if I let's say you know if I if I died today and discovered that that is indeed what happened, it wouldn't at all surprise me, and it wouldn't at all um, make me question God's character. And and in fact, I think just the opposite. Like that's that it, it can be a reflection of the goodness of God, even 
that he's bringing about what I think is this really good result, even though it required a difficult means to, to get to that end. And again, we do this with our children. We do this with to the people we love. We sometimes do something, even if we know it's going to cause pain and suffering, because we think there's a better result that they need to walk through that pain and suffering to get to that better result. Would you would you do that with your children or but with people example, you love? There's a difference between inflicting pain and suffering and discipline. And the example that you said earlier about vaccines, vaccines, in your opinion, are a good. So you are giving your child a good, even though your child's interpretation of that good was pain and suffering. Infertility is not a good. It was not there before the fall. Like vaccines, in your opinion, are a medicine that save from disease and whatever. Would they be necessary before the fall? Uh, probably not, I guess. I no, know. and certainly if we could change it, like before the fall, if, let's say hypothetically you did need vaccines, you would probably want ones that didn't hurt, right? Or or there's just like, this is kind of the point, is that after the, I, I grant you all this, is like before the fall is, un, like it, it's, there wouldn't have been infertility, there wouldn't be pain and suffering, certainly in the same way there is today, but we live on the other side of the fall now. And, and part of that is that sometimes pain and suffering are required to bring about better results. Um, and uh, better I results. I sound see like it a, that way. Well, I mean, but but the so again, the vaccine or you don't have to say the vaccine. Discipline is an example. Like it's different than pain and suffering, but there are some things. There are some forms of discipline that require pain and suffering. Like I, there are sometimes where I'm going to need to discipline my son, and it's going to it, it's going to cause suffering to him, and I know that when I do it. Like I know that it's it's he's not going to like this or whatever it is. Like it may hurt his feelings or something like that for a short period of time. It may even cause him to turn against me for a short period of time, and I still should do it if I love him. If we can grant that point, I don't see why we couldn't grant the same point for God. And this is what I'm saying is that pain and suffering are not necessarily bad and evil. That sometimes they are good things. And and we've been talking about even, well, even really quick. Sorry, okay. and, I, and I just because before I forget this point because I will forget it. Dang it, I may have already forgotten it. Uh, it's just, I think it's just that, um, so yeah we've, been, yeah, we've been talking about even how pain and suffering are kind of uh, means to an end. I think there are times where suffering and pain themselves are the end. Like even Lewis talks about this, that pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world, that there's sometimes that in the pain and suffering itself, we grow in a way that we otherwise couldn't. And while those other examples, like, you know, the infertility example or you know, vaccines or discipline are examples in which we inflict or which pain and suffering could be inflicted to bring about other goods. Sometimes the pain is the good and it it helps make us better people. I think, I think that I agree with everything that you said, but I think the hinge point is like, if you think of the story of Joseph like, I think it's Joseph in Genesis. Is he in Genesis? Mm -hmm. Where he comes at the end of those brothers and, you know, the enemy meant this for evil, but you used, God used it for good. Like, I, like, all of that is true that God can, but the, just the difference word is allow for evil to come into your life for the sake of you growing, pursuing, and becoming more like him. I think saying all that everything that you said can still happen but he's just allowing it to happen he's not actually the one sending it i yeah, think that's yeah. that's the hinge point all of the growth because of pain mm -hmm. and suffering are still possible by him just allowing it to happen yeah. not actually being the causer and the sender of it 
Yeah, Which is that why could we be. keep going in circles. Like, well, so here, here's here's the clearest question, right? And just see how you guys how you all answer this question. If there were something that there, because it seems like, can we, let's start here. Do we, can we agree that there are some good things that happen only as a result of pain and suffering? Um, in after after the fall. Yeah. Bruce agrees. Or maybe not the only way it could happen, but the best way. Like I'm. I, I'm I'm really quiet on this episode, but I just agree with Derek. (laughs) Like, like to me, I see pain and suffering as like this really, it can be not all the time, obviously, but it can be this thing that like not in the moment. Okay. So for all uh, pain and suffering, this is a lot. Uh, So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up the conversation here and we're going to do a part two. And we're going to come at you um, with the longer conversation. So we are wrapping up this conversation, but this is not the end. We're going to have a part two. Yep. And so, so thank yeah, you guys for sitting in on episode three of the Doctor's End. And you can be thankful for pain and suffering on the other side, but all I'm saying is he's allowing it to happen. Not debate. Well, so the I question, that, and if there's anything from yeah, this the, part the one that though, we need to that I was trying to get at dig is, into further in part two, be sure to submit that question. Maybe if we can agree, that there are some good things that on this side of the fall require pain and suffering in order to get. Then it seems to me that it would be illogical to say that God never sends pain and suffering because. If those good things to get there, you have to send pain and suffering, then it may, then it may be worth it for God to send those yeah. things. I, I see that logic, but I disagree that there are some good things that could only come through pain and suffering because then not every good thing would have been available pre-fall. If pain and suffering was the only way to get to them, it's then a, that, that, the garden would have been incomplete. After the fall. It's only true after the fall. That's what I'm saying. These So... But again, then would those goods again, have been available? D- d- discipline is a good example, right? So discipline is something that before the fall is unnecessary. You've got a good, let's say, training your child well that would have happened just fine before the fall, right? And would have even been better. But after the fall, it's not just going to happen automatically like it did. And so there's after the fall, there are some situations in which some pain and suffering are required in order to bring about good ends. I don't know. I don't know. I think, can I you can you at least agree the situation before the fall and after the fall are different? Yeah. Okay. The pre-fall world is very different than the world we live in now. Okay, so to me, it's like not—I wouldn't say irrelevant, but it's mostly irrelevant whether um, this would have been the case before the fall, right? Like I agree that a lot of these God God would not send pain and suffering before the fall. You have no 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 need to do so. But just because we live on this side of, of the fall, there are certain things that... Well, but I'm saying the fall is the cause of pain and suffering, not God. Can I... Can, yeah. So going back to the vaccine analogy, there's no... The fall is the cause of polio. So like there's no polio in the garden. That's great. But now that we have polio, we have this problem of polio. And this best solution to polio is to get your polio vaccine, which hurts in the moment. And it's painful in the moment. So like in this analogy, it's like, yeah, Derek giving his kid the polio vaccine is like him giving his kid pain. But that's the only way to not like that's the best way. We, I won't say only, but that's the best way to not get polio is to take that vaccine. So in your opinion. <laughs> well, I feel like the polio vaccine. Yeah, there's people well, who are can, anti-polio, that, that, that's, but that's I'm, I'm not going to speak for everyone. That's and, just an opinion. In my opinion. And I'm I'm not saying I'm think differently. Actually, but. I don't think it is, but we won't, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> but open your mind. Um, but but hold on, hold on, hold on. But you, Paige did say 
and maybe this was addressed and I missed it, the polio vaccine is a good that you are sending. It, but it's also th- painful. This is the point. Yeah, though. yeah. It, what, what we're saying is that but there how, are good and there are pain, painful and things that inflict suffering that are good. This is the whole point. That God is sending good things, only good things, and sometimes that includes pain and suffering. But there's a difference between a, a vaccine being a good that is sent that causes pain and suffering to counteract the evil of the disease of polio. That's but what, yep. yours. No, like, there's not. When we go what, back to example? infertility, though. You're not take. It's not that you're taking a vaccine for infertility. You were sent, quote unquote, infertility. And I'm saying that infertility is the evil. And but you're saying there was you wouldn't have gotten there, through this without it, which is totally true. But that's God it's making not, it's not the just evil that. in it's your about, life. It's good. about it's about something like embry- again embryo adoption advocacy. This is this is something that in our world on the side of the fall, there are a lot of embryos that are just living out there in the world that that are unclaimed and that nobody loves. And like, that's a reality that we live in. Mm -hmm. And if everybody just, if their plan was, I'm just going to have as many like genetic biological children as I can have. um, And I'm not going to consider other options. Like if that were our plan and it worked out perfectly every time, those embryos would continue to go uh, and they would not have life to the full and be unloved. And that seems like an injustice. But I'm, and here's one way in which something this that that the ultimate end is actually good. And again, we don't have to talk. I don't want to uh, get too much on this uh, on this example because I've already said I'm I'm not going to say with any certain with any degree of certainty that God sent this. I'm just saying it's entirely within His character to do so if it brings about these kind of this kind of better result. So you, it is in His character to send non-good uh, infertility is not a good so pain, he, no think about it like the vaccine why are you calling the polio vaccine a good pain you call it a good pain or good suffering that's what we're saying me and bruce so we're saying god does the similar things god sends good no, pain it's good, good suffering no 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 no, no, no. i did, did we it's not the good pain it's the actual vaccine is a good thing that brings about good like infertility through pain no, no, no. What no but the actual physical, the pain, actual like vaccine, pinch. the actual thing in that is injecting inside of you. Well, actually, now we're getting into the science of it. Maybe that's <laughs> the, not the true pain. Because... The pain is not necessary for the immunity, right? So the pain is an un, unfortunate, unnecessary side effect of of getting immunity for polio. In a similar way, in this analogy, and again, I don't want. I don't think we need to get too much on this but uh the infertility would be an unfortunate unnecessary side effect of the good right that's getting brought about mm-hmm. and again i don't this it's simple like think about the child or discipline disciplining your child you do things that you know are going to cause pain and suffering and yet we don't say you're you love them in spite of that we say you love them because of that and why would it be different with god so so that so let's just this is how I'm processing it and tell me if I'm processing it wrong. Like I, I got spanked to the wooden spoon probably because <laughs> I was a jerk to my sister. It was probably a good thing. So like, okay. So then would you be comfortable? Like, is, is this what you're saying that? So then, okay, my dad gets diagnosed with some life ending disease. That's God's version of a spanking. No, no. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm saying that there are, all I'm saying is that it's possible that there are some pain, examples of pain and suffering that God sends 
that that do bring it. So uh, again, uh, in the in the Christian tradition, a famous example of this is what's ca- something called like the dark night of the soul, and Which pretty I much from with. the. Yeah, well, okay. Well, pretty much from the inception of Christianity, something like this idea has been around. I mean, even Paul talks about I wish having. You guys could see Paige's face. <laughs> yeah, even Paul talks about having like a thorn in his side, and um, like so. The, in the dark night of the soul, that the idea here is that, uh, or it's also been called something like the divine weaning. So it's that God is withdrawing some of His presence so that you will grow deeper into Him, and. It's it can be a painful experience of like this these and you know Lewis talks about the law of undulation of of how there's these kind of ups and downs and even which we already talked about this on yeah. one of the podcasts and then how how in some of those valley moments where we don't feel uh, in a manifest tangible way God's presence can sometimes be the ones that are most formative for us because we have to still decide to obey God and to remain faithful even when we don't feel His presence strongly. What? Which is where it's funny because we agree on that. Totally agree. I agree <laughs> do, on do that you th- fact. So you're saying that you agree that sometimes God withholds his presence. Oh, uh, I don't know about I haven't thought about that. I'm talking about the valleys yeah. and the pain. Like those, like me, have, I have a chemical imbalance in my brain on a, what's the word? What's the smart word for like chemical? Oh my Dopamine or, dip- no. or something? No chemical and something along there's something physically wrong with my brain that causes anxiety and that has caused me to rely on god more than anything in my life so you're saying because of that valley because of that thing that may have been god's version of that of of getting me to this place he cre- he created in my brain a chemical imbalance for me to not have a proper serotonin transporter gene so that i would experience anxiety have all like a, a pretty hard life to then sure. get to this place. That just feels so. That just to me that feels so. I I don't know what the, I, I'm what saying. The I don't know. Is. I'm just saying it's possible. Like so, you, it may feel like then, then it may question, feel unjust to you. But what if what if if you, if you didn't have that? What if God knew that you would you'd walk away? That yeah. you'd feel like confident in your own abilities and you wouldn't be faithful Christian? Do you think it's worth it? Sorry, ask that again. So, first of all, just to be clear, I'm not saying that that is the case that God sent that. And um, it could be that that's a bad thing. It's it's that 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 God is just working good out of. But I'm saying, what if you? What if God told you if you didn't have that imbalance in your brain, then you would have walked away from Him because you? I don't know. You would have felt confident in your abilities. Well, that's making a pretty big assumption. I don't think it's making that crazy. That's not the I'm, only I'm thing that brought me to faith. Of course. And I'm not saying that's that's happening in your life at all. I'm just saying there may be a, a major life events in which if it had it had it have gone differently, we might walk. I mean, obviously, lots of people aren't Christians. You can like, say that about anything like abuse or like we haven't really touched on like sexual assault, stuff yeah, like, like more that. More severe forms. Yeah, sure. Like, which I'm, totally like. But those are have, sin. We, yeah, but they've brought me closer to God. They've brought lots of people I know and, closer to and, God. And, and like we said from the beginning, God absolutely can work good out of even evil. God can work good out of evil and bad right. and pain and suffering and does. We all agree. We all agree. So yeah, <laughs> like like Bruce said, God isn't going to send something. God isn't going to send someone else to commit some awful sin um, that's going to that's going to cause this pain and suffering in your life. And but He may work good out of it. Right? Yeah. So, so then this, oh, so then this is my ultimate question: How, the, uh, if this is the theology moving forward, how do you pastor? 
how do how do I look at a freshman in college that just told me that something happened and then all of a sudden now I have to look at him and be how do I pastor him in this moment? Well, sorry to tell you this, but that was God sending that. Like no, see, how do I, what I want to do is the opposite. How do I walk if that's the theology? How do I walk someone? How do no. I and and then if they come to me and they're like, oh gosh, Michael, is this because I did this? Is that and all these different things? And then they can get lost in their head and like. And I have seen people walk away from their faith because of uncomfortableness with this theology. And so how do I like... No, I think you've seen people walk away from uncomfortableness with a theology that says God causes all forms of pain and suffering, which I'm not saying. My view is that we should stop caring so much about or trying to... I think I think we've all gotten in our heads uh, as as the American church. We've all, we're, we're trying to figure out exactly in every in every instance, well, did God cause this or did I cause this or what, what happened? I mean, I just think that, that causation, especially as God is involved, is a lot more complicated than that. I think how we should respond to every situation, as I said earlier, is look for what God wants to do in you through it. Like, because again, God will, if, if it's something that God didn't send and is actually an evil and, uh, God can actually work good out of it. And if it is something that's painful and suffering that God did send, God can work good out of it. So what you should try to do is be attentive to the spirit and how the spirit wants to work in, in your life in response to whatever has happened and not be so worried about, uh, tracing every like kind of causal line of how we got here. Because that seems to me just entirely unhelpful. And because we, and, and on top of all that, even if we could, I think even if we could find out, that out, it would be unhelpful, but we can't. We'll never know for sure, like how all these things were. I mean, well, maybe, you know, on this, or at least on this side of uh, death, we won't know for sure how all these things are working in our life. But we should just look for the goodness of God in, in everything. And um, that's, yeah, that should be the pastoral response, I think. And then, and so you would, advise people to not go into start it's not because of something that they did that they received this correct yes i don't think i don't think that's true that they sinned and that's why and then god's punishment on them is this so that they'll stop singing well yeah especially especially for something like my mom got cancer or something like that right like this like so but if it's something like i got in a bike wreck and i had to uh and i had to just stay at home for several days like i don't know maybe that yeah maybe that is like some sort of um i don't know formative punishment or something like that but i don't know in a way i actually am totally okay with the idea of god saying pain and suffering because of something we did i know that that might but i'll say this if i make an what's more loving of god to do if i make an idol out of my athletic ability is it more loving for him to let me go on living with this idol and not turning things over to him and not doing you know, like, I love where I'm at with the Lord. I love that he's my number one priority. And I hope that if he ever isn't, that he would do something, that he would intervene and act in a way that I, he would set me back to where so he's my number one So do you believe in free will? Oh, 100%. But I'm saying, God, if I but ever make an... what you're describing really isn't. You're saying if I choose to go off the beaten path, God should direct God, that me God, back yes, forcibly. I, well, prevenient forcibly. grace. Yeah. Even if he broke his he leg, broke, doesn't mean... He bra- I, would, I would want him to break both my legs. legs. Yeah, I would that want him is to break. forcibly <laughs> turning you back to him. It's it's not. If if I'm not saying that God would I could break his leg, I want. I'm if saying I break my yeah. Legs. If Bruce breaks his leg, he could just as easily like harden his heart against God, yeah. which is, is exactly what you all are saying. Is people experience pain and suffering, and then they turn against God even more. 
I'm like, saying like yeah. sometimes. Yeah, God's giving me the opportunity to turn back towards him or to not to. And I hope that he would give me, you know what I mean? Like I want God to send me pain and suffering. If he sees that as the best way to help me see him, to help me grow in relationship with him. Like we pray so often that we would have like a heart that resembles the Lord or we pray for wisdom. And it's like, God, send that however you're going to send that. If that's through pain and suffering, if I'm made wise through, you know, all my possessions being taken away, me suffering as a homeless man for 20 years of my life, like if that's like how I grow with you and if that's how I'm sanctified, then Lord, like do that to me and give me that suffering. You know what I mean? Like I think that yeah, suffering totally. can be so humble of you to say. I think that that's, totally I, if that's what you really, if that's, oh, a hundred percent. But if that's what we really want as Christians, I mean, do you think that that's wrong to say? Like, I would rather be homeless for 20 years and know the Lord than. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, <laughs> so then you agree with me. Yeah. I would rather kill my whole family oh, and like whoa. be lost out to well, sea than to lose God. Like, yeah. I'm using but big hypotheticals. That, that, that is start- God's plan for my life. Like. I think God can work that way. I don't know. I mean, what do you all think? I wholeheartedly disagree. Here's the one point that I've been waiting for you guys to bring up. Because I don't have an answer to this. What about Jesus? Yeah. I, I'm a, that, I mean, I'm that's fine, that's yeah. the that, to me, that's the one irrefutable. What, what About what? That, that's like God clearly brought about this pain and suffering. Or yeah. Had a role in bringing this about. Yeah, yeah and of course. Jesus, Jesus even says in the garden, like, take this away from me if this is if there's any other way besides this then please let it happen but if not let it happen yeah and this is another great example of the compli- of the complicated uh nature of of trying to decide exactly who's involved in and to what extent because we would we, uh, there there's a sense in which you would want to say that um that that god is is bringing this about and there's a sense in which we want to say the Romans are bringing this about, or our sin is bringing this about. Like, there's a lot of layers here, but one of the layers is that it seems like God is there's there's this event that God is somehow orchestrating that's bringing about pain and suffering for a greater good. It's a good pain. It's a good suffering. This is the kind of preeminent example. Like you said before, the fall is that necessary? Of course not. But we don't live in that world anymore, unfortunately. And now God needs to bring but pain there- and suffering to bring redemption. There is a huge difference between saying that, like, I killed Jesus and God killed Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So if was God, say no one ever sinned, ever, God would not have killed Jesus to bring about the good that came. Like, it was only because of our sin that he did that. Agreed. So I'm saying, like, yes, of course, like, there, like we would not have been saved without Jesus dying on the cross, obviously, right? Agreed. So, but God sent. Um, I'm the, this is the one God did yeah. send Jesus, knowing that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. God knows everything that's going to happen, right? But He sent them for this goal and for this purpose. Of mm-hmm. this, for this suffering to happen to him, so that the rest of the world may be better. I mean, even just the very act of sending, right? Like re- read Philippians two five through eleven. That um, the, the very like God coming down to earth, becoming a man, is it's in itself before there was ever before there, he was ever whipped and and nailed to a cross, is an act of suffering. That's mm-hmm. the radical thing about Christianity: is not that God sends pain and suffering. It's that God t- 
takes on pain and suffering in Jesus. Accepts it. This Instagram post came up today. Oh, wow. Okay, and it addressed this exact thing. And I was like, this is kind of crazy because we're literally talking about this later today. So I'm just going to read what it says. Read it. It It's a quote from a book called Out of Embers by Brad Jershak. I don't even know who that is, so it might be here. Great start. But it says, take very careful note. We must not mistake God as the cause by the means as the cause of the means by which God saves us. To use a particular example, if a drunk driver hits someone and the harm they cause leads them to rethink their life, God did not cause the drunkenness, the accident, or the harm, but by grace, the tragic circumstances may be the means by which they turn their life around. Think about it this way. God did not crucify Jesus. We did that. The crucifixion of the Son of God was a hideous murder and humanity's greatest act of wickedness. And yet, in the language reminiscent of my friend C. Baxter Kruger, God entered the abyss of our great darkness and penetrated its depths with redeeming light. I often distinguish the crucifixion, what we did to God, from the cross, what, in the midst of crucifixion, God in Christ did for us. I want to emphasize again that God never causes evil, not ever, but as our redeeming genius, Christ transfigures our affliction into the means of his grace for salvation. Okay, so what am I supposed to take away from that? It's the difference between cause and allows. Like, we, God did not did, cause but it's pretty the drunk easy to just, driver. It's pretty easy to like change the, the example, right? Did God send Jesus to be crucified? I guess all of human history was leading up to that. So God sent Jesus to be crucified. In fact, I don't even have to convince you of that because it says that directly in the New Testament. <laughs> God sent his son, Jesus, to be crucified. Okay. Okay. I mean, this this is what we're talking about. And, we're, and again, to say it for about the 300th time, <laughs> I agree. There are lots of examples in which God did not does not send pain and suffering. And it then brings good out of them. 100% on board with that. How do you that. choose? When I'm looking at no, my own life. This is exactly what I'm saying. You don't. You don't know. You can't know. You will never know until you die. <laughs> and you have to be comfortable with living no. in pursuit of God's goodness and knowing that God is good and working for your good no matter what happens in your life. And you don't do have like to decide. I do like what you said about um, when we were talking about... Um, how we have to. You clearly liked it a lot. It was really impactful. <laughs> it was like, well, oh, I don't remember. This is a good place to end with Paige trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> with like, we don't, we can't really, um, it's not coming to me. I'm trying to like think of it as I'm talking, but. Oh. I think we got to wrap it up. Are we at a, are we at like an agree to disagree? Here. I think we just all agree that I'm right. And no. I'm good with that. No. <laughs> uh. I still think that God turns everything for good and he does not cause pain and suffering ever. Well, he n- ever he or die. not anymore post Jesus. I don't know. We, yeah, we're uh, pre-Jesus. We've, 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 uh, Something that you said when we were talking about like you... Our response always, it doesn't really matter where it came from. Our response should be to worship and draw closer to God and figure out where is the goodness in this. This I agree with that because at the end of the day, it's like the Calvinism debate. Like you can't say 
I know you want to, with 100% certainty that Calvinism is wrong. Well. <laughs> See, you're being so... <laughs> I love Megan Page, man. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree that, like, uh, with, with the point you're making, is just that um, our, our response should be, and this, is, this has been my point, again, is that I don't know exactly how all the causation works out, but I know I should be looking for God's goodness because God was going to yeah. work good at everything. But as long as I, I think that just the point that I really want to drive home is that again, think about the discipline, your child or the ways that we send pain and suffering on our children because they are good because they are bringing about good. We can then agree that there are times where we think that's not only in spite of love that we do those things, but because of love that if you really love this person, you will do something that is going to cause pain and suffering, even if you know it will and so therefore we don't have to be, we don't, our faith doesn't need to be in doubt in God or in God's character, even if that is the case, that even if some, some examples, and I hope that even if you don't think he actually does, at least I don't think you should think that his character is unloving, uh, for that, like that I think that, that the view that my view of God is unloving, because again, we, we think that in other examples of love that it, it's entirely appropriate to send. I agree with in the case suffering. of discipline. But not in the case of like car wrecks, anxiety, depression. Sure, there are lots of things that I wouldn't put under that, like I already said, um, that I wouldn't want to put under this umbrella. But I think a good place to land, like the whole umbrella of the conversation is like, we may never know where these things come from, which might be hard for some people to be like, well, I can't trust a God that I don't know if he's doing good onto me or not. He's always doing good. That's the point. Yeah, but some it people may, want to know like where it comes from because they're like, tough. well, I can't trust you if I You're don't gonna know. You're not going to know a lot of stuff. Tough. <laughs> That's not very... We're the ones that deal with the students face-to-face. Yeah, face you, like, you just get I to just say it yeah, in my basement to, and like, write my books. And You, you don't have to look at a student and look at him in the face and say, tough. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> Obviously, heck? I'm kidding. If someone came to me and it was a what would you say? I've told you. This is, I think, the fourth time, maybe the third. Uh, I told you, your response should always be to look for God's goodness in, in yeah, anything. God there. is doing good in your life. Let's end there. This, that we I want to keep going on this look forever. for God's goodness, even if we don't understand, even if we don't know where these things are coming from. And God br- is good and yeah. is making all things, like Romans, whatever. He's making all things good for those who love him. Yeah, and the, and, and the way, and obviously you don't say tough, uh, clearly, but sometimes it is appropriate to say, look, we on this side of death, we're not going to know everything. And yeah. that, and we have to be comfortable with that, right? And yeah. if, if you're not comfortable with that, it is going to be really hard to be in a relationship and with Bruce God. Bruce is comfortable, I guess, saying, well, if you get in a car wreck this week, it's probably because you lied to somebody. Woof. Well, don't watch porn because you might break your that's leg. Definitely not, that's definitely <laughs> that, not a straw man. That, that is what Bruce thinks. That's, no, that's a straw man. We're not. We're For not the record, that. that's not at all. Don't, what I don't, think. don't, don't, Anyways. don't, don't. If Bruce, good, send, break my leg. That's Every, it. That's everyone, go, go home. Go. If, it, if it's the difference between heaven and hell, God, please break you my all, leg. Yeah, 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 Your yeah, obedience yeah. has nothing to do with heaven or hell. It's Amen. all in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, that's that's valid. But there's still reason to break my leg. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.